0: Hello and welcome to a Mighty Blaze podcast season finale. I'm your host, Trisha Blanchett. A Mighty Blaze was created in 2020 to connect readers and writers during the COVID pandemic and has since developed into the online hotspot for literary news, festival broadcasts, and interviews with best-selling authors, debut writers, and everyone in between. We wanted something extra special for the Season 3 podcast finale, and boy, did we get it. Few authors are as renowned, as admired, and as purely beloved as today's incredible guest, Judy Blume. If you're anything like me, you had Judy's books in a bedside stack throughout childhood, and then eventually passed them on to your children, titles like Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, Summer Sisters, Tiger Eyes, Super Fudge, and so, so many more. It was a real celebration day here at A Mighty Blaze when Judy joined fellow writer and host Kimberly hensel Lawrence to talk about a life in literature, influencing generations of readers, and switching gears To help open an independent bookshop in her beloved Key West. So settle in and enjoy the conversation as I pass the blaze torch to Kimberly and her charming, effervescent, and legendary guest, Judy Bloom.
1: Hello book lovers! Welcome to Authors Love Bookstores presented by A Mighty Blaze, My name is Kimberly hensel lorenz and I'm your host. If you're watching live with us on Facebook, feel free to post a question via a comment below the broadcast and we'll get to as many as we can later on. So here on Authors Love Bookstores, we talk with best-selling authors and their favorite independent bookstores with the goal of shining a light on these vital businesses. Now more than ever, indie bookstores need our support and our love. We hope by watching today, You, our viewers will be inspired to go buy a book from the bookstore we talked to today. Then maybe you'll attend one of the bookstore's online events, sign up for their newsletter, and even make a vow to visit the bookstore when it's safe to travel again. Now, today we are incredibly lucky to have not only a best-selling author, but also a bookseller. I love this combination of author and bookseller. And we also have one of my favorite authors ever joining us. So please join me in welcoming the one and only Judy Bloom to Authors Love Bookstores. Welcome, Judy.
2: Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This is fun. We're Going so to ha- be fun.
1: Oh, good. We're so happy to have you here. Um, Judy has a special guest. So we'll bring that special guest out in a couple minutes. But first, I want to share a little bit about Judy's bio for those of you who are just tuning in for the first time. Um, now. Judy Blume really doesn't need an introduction, um, but I will say that I am one of thousands of people who have had a profound influence on our lives by the stories written by Judy Blume. I was a young girl growing up in the 70s and 80s in New Jersey, and I saw myself on the pages of her books. I learned about puberty and sex and first crushes and love, bigotry and divorce and loss, the intricacies of family and the power of friendship from a Judy Bloom book. I also learned the complexities of childhood and young adulthood make for fascinating reading, even when you reread them in your 40s, which I've been doing this past week. Um, and one of my great joys as a parent was sharing my beloved Judy Blume books with my children. I will always remember the first time we read Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing together. They adored it, and I was so grateful for the chance to create that memory with them. I'm not the only one who feels this way. Judy has sold more than 85 million copies of her novels in 32 languages. Um, She's captured struggles, the struggles, questions, and delights of childhood with so many seminal books including Tales of Fourth Grade Nothing, Tiger Eyes. I have a huge stack here. I could list them all. There are probably more in my house. My daughter tends to squirrel them away. I have more books in my house written by Judy Blume than any other author. She's also, (laughs) it's true. She's also a best-selling author for adults, including Wifey, which I stole from my mother's room when I was far too young to read, um, Summer Sisters, and her most recent book, In the Unlikely Event. Judy is also a champion for free speech um, and works against censorship. She's an award-winning author and has received so many accolades for her wonderful, wonderful career as a writer. And so, Judy, we're so grateful you're here. Thank you so much. Now, in addition, she is also a bookseller. So Judy is part of a team of people who own books and books at the studios in Key West, which is a bookstore that opened up four years ago. And Judy, can you tell us what was the idea to create this bookstore?
2: Yes, of course, and we're not owners. Um, um, My husband and I, I happen to have him right here. The husband is right here, George. Come in. Push me out of the way. Yeah. Shove her away. Shove her <laughs> away. I, well, I, I'm in a chair that doesn't roll, and i <laughs> okay. There I finished- My husband George Cooper. Um, w- oh George, you just screwed us up. No, he's per- no, you're perfect. <laughs> we lost you. No, we totally lost you. Oh, I can see you. Okay, okay, no more touching screen. Okay, okay. okay. So, um, what happened is when we came to Key West there were four and then five bookstores in town, in this little town, but it's a town of artsy people and people who love to read and a town where tourists come. And um, and suddenly there were no bookstores. It was that time when, when bookstores were closing, indie bookstores were closing. And um, that was very sad. And we really desperately wanted a bookstore not that we wanted to run a bookstore or found a bookstore we just wanted to have a bookstore in town where we could get the books we wanted where we could chat with people with the booksellers and and there was nothing and so we worked really hard to try to get our friend Mitchell Kaplan who started Books and Books in Miami um, to open a bookstore in Key West and he wanted to I mean Key West is pretty far from Miami, how many miles?
3: 150 miles on a two-lane road.
2: Thank you, George. (laughs) So it was a very long um, ride away from Miami. And Mitchell would come down and George would find storefronts for him, but it never worked out. And finally, Mitchell said, you know what? You guys, you're going to have to figure out a way to do this yourselves. And Mm -hmm. then I will help you. I will affiliate with you. Okay. But that's the only way it's gonna happen. And, and lucky for us, um, do you wanna pick yeah, this well, up here?
3: Sure, yeah, at, at that time I was on the, the board of, there was an organization, there still is an organization called the Studios of Key West, which is an art center. Yes. And the, the studios bought a building, an old uh, Masonic temple, which they got renovated. And it was a fabulous place and it had a corner space that was really a retail space on the first floor. And we were trying to figure out what to do with it. And I said, um, maybe we could put a bookstore in there. And the, basically, the chairman looked at me and he said, did you just raise your hand? <laughs> <laughs> and, and it sort of flowed from there. And a whole bunch of other people were interested in it. And we all got together on a bus and a trip we were making and we planned it in the back of the bus. And, <laughs> and, um, and it, it just happened. But the store is a nonprofit store. The studios is nonprofit. We're part of the studios. We're a non-profit, we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're of course, non-profit also. Judy and okay. I uh, work there a lot. Um, we're the for, founders. For, we, founded, <laughs> yeah. we
2: founded Books and Books QS. Okay. And I tell you the truth, it, I'm one of these writers and readers who never dreamed of having a bookstore. I know so many people who dream of having a bookstore, but I never did. I loved bookstores. Um, you know from the time i was little i i i got an allowance every week and i went to yeah. the ritz bookshop in elizabeth new jersey and for 25 cents i think i bought the new nancy drew book of the week or the month or whatever right. and i loved public libraries and i used to play librarian when i was little and um but i never thought about having a bookstore but suddenly uh we had the space and mitchell brought down refurbished shelves and tables and some people to teach us what to do and before the boxes were ever unpacked there were boxes of books on the floor before we could get anything unpacked people were coming into the store and they were going through the boxes they wanted to buy books and it was it was it was so exciting and it really having this bookstore books and books um Key West has changed my life at a at a time when most people are, you know, saying, okay, I've done what I wanted to do. And now I just want to, I want to retire and enjoy the rest of my time. I'm like, okay, I've got a full time job here. And it's a new job. And it's exciting. And I've never done this before. And I'm learning. And George is a whiz at, at starting nonprofits, because he also started the fabulous four-screen nonprofit movie theater yep. in the middle of town called the Tropic Cinema. And so yes. he he knows how to do these things and well he's great at everything. <laughs> 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 he's my money. And,
1: <laughs> and George, your background is that you're a lawyer. You're a scholar. You're an activist. You also are a writer. Did you have aspirations for opening up a bookstore, or was this just sort of well, it, timing? I,
3: I did. Back when I was a, a lawyer in Washington in the mid '60s, um, my then wife um, wanted to start a bookstore with another woman. I don't and, think
2: we're talking and, about. And, and, and,
3: and of... so, so <laughs> I was. <laughs> So there was a time in my past, but no, we're I never together thought about- forty years, so it's I okay. Never, we're all friends. I never thought much about having a bookstore, but I love projects. That's what I'm. I'm a sort of a project bum, nonprofit project. Okay. I'm great at working for nothing, and so um, <laughs> okay. yeah. So I knew how to put it together.
2: And and the next thing you know, um, we had a bookstore, and people in town were just so supportive and thrilled to have a bookstore in town. And then everybody said, oh, you know, but the tourists, we are a tourist town. The tourists don't read, so they're not going to buy books. Well, guess what? They were wrong because the tourists really um, are our biggest customers now. Mm -hmm. We depend on the tourists and they do buy books and the locals are great too and the locals have been you know helping to support us through this terrible time with phone and online orders and well, we can talk about that yeah. i mean you know it's a terrible time for everybody yeah. so so there so we one are. of
1: the so one of the things that's really fascinating about key west is that it has a rich literary history it so many writers does. So many writers have made Key West home or have vacationed there. We think Ernest Hemingway, Tennessee Williams are such a long list.
3: What is it? You only know those few. Actually, we put together in our bookstore, one of the features of our store is we have a pantheon running around the top of the bookstore, around the rim of the store, of the names of all the famous writers who have um, worked and lived in Key West. And you mentioned Hemingway and Tennessee Williams. How many
2: do we have We have
3: now over 40. Authors who wow. are World surprise winners or uh, famous bestseller writers, all that is around the top of the store. So, it's what, is a, it, it, hmm?
1: what is it about Key West that attracts so many talented writers? What do you think? What is it? What oh, makes it so a, special?
2: It's, it's a great place. It's a place it's if you want to get place. away, if
3: you want to get away from the United States uh, into a laid back place, but you don't want to leave the United States because you need regular FedEx and telephone service. So, <laughs> That's not Key, West is, Key West is the place, you know, they say the reason why people were K- at, in Key West is because they ran out of road. It's the, of <laughs> the road. It's, it's the it's the end, end of the road. road. Yeah. You know,
2: it's, a, yeah. it's the end of the road. You jump in the ocean and that's it. Um, we're the southernmost, southernmost of everything. Yes. And, and it, I mean, it does have that history and, and it's got, um, it's got so much life to it. When. I mean, when we came here, we came like most people. It was winter in New York and we came for one month. I was trying to finish Summer Sisters actually. And uh, he, the month ended and we, I think we tried to stay in longer and, and then the next year we rented for longer and longer and it just kept getting, wait a minute, this is really getting to be like home. And so we've lived here now, um, for 25 years. Wow. I think. Yeah, we're old timers. We're, we're uh, what they call freshwater conks. When you've <laughs> lived in Key West for enough years, you can become a freshwater conk. Um, George has a, a certificate that he is an, a real honorary conk because of starting the um, Tropic Cinema. Okay, um, but I'm I'm a freshwater con, and and proud to be it.
1: What makes your bookstore quintessentially Key West, other than the names around the top of the store? What, how do you reflect the uniqueness of the city in your bookstore?
2: You know, I, I'll let you. I should let you answer. But yeah. I I think one of the things is um, the energy of our small staff. It's just, we're. Key West has energy. That's what it has. I mean, and I think that's what people fall in love with when they come. They, you, you either fall in love with Key West or you say, get me out of here. <laughs> um, but there are a lot of people who came to Key West thinking that it would be a lovely place to retire. And they it's just they get caught up in the energy and everybody is doing things all the time and they're volunteering. And we have wonderful volunteers um, who work at our bookstore and you know somebody was once a professor of poetry and and she comes it's just it's just the energy of the store you never get just like yeah over there and you know you can find that there no they're jumping out with you let me show you let me help you and talking to people um it's just that kind of place and i think our bookstore really reflects that
3: I guess so. <laughs> now the two of you have great, doesn't she have great energy? She does. Yeah. She does. Yeah.
1: And you were you were mentioning to us before we went live that you spend time in the bookstore in the pre-pandemic times.
2: Pre-pandemic, I worked full time. I mean, I I just feel that you know the la- the book that you held up in the unlikely event is my la yeah, thank you. Is is my last novel um, was published I think five years ago. And it is the last novel that I'm going to write. Okay. But but uh, the bookstore I got lost. What were we at? What was I answering?
1: I was I was talking about the fact that you spend so much time in the bookstore. Oh I mean, you're oh a bookseller. oh. Bookseller. And what's so, that experience like?
2: So the bookstore gave me this wonderful excuse not to have to write because <laughs> it gave me this creative. I just think fifty years of writing can be enough. Um, maybe to say what you wanted to say. Oh, there's one more thing I wanted to do, but that's another story. But here I, I I need this creative energy in my life. And and the bookstore allows me to go to work, you know, four days a week, maybe sometimes five days a week. I'm at the store and I'm learning all the time and I am doing my job and I, I love it. I just love it. You know, I love, I love, I love putting the books on the shelves. I love, I call it petting my books. Somebody <laughs> calls it jishing her books. I mean, I think everybody who works in a bookstore calls that something. It's you come in in the morning and it's like, hello books, I love you. And you're talking to them and you're moving them all around and you're doing new displays. And it is really very creative. So I love my job and I miss it terribly.
1: Now, do people come to the bookstore just to meet you? Do you have those visitors? Who oh, come the, in with the, the OMG? The OMG, OMG
3: moment? George! Yeah.
1: I, I, I probably would have been an oh, OMG myself. They,
3: sometimes they come because they know Judy's there, but the, the best ones are the ones who walk in and they say, uh, uh, they walk over to the children's section, with are children, and the, you hear them talking. See that woman, yeah. I Those books, are those are the books I read. I wonder whether she's still around and all of a sudden, boop, she pops up. <laughs> yeah, she is so, still around.
2: <laughs> or somebody will say, you know, you look a lot like Judy Bloom. <laughs> and it's like, okay, yeah, right? But this is my picture in there. But a lot of people now, we've been open for years. So a lot of people um, make it a destination. You know, Key West is a destination for a lot of things. We have destination weddings and we have destination bookstores. And um, so they do come in. And I think, you know, the ones who are coming now may be disappointed, but I'm still signing books. I can't be on the floor right now. Um,
3: But it's the only place where you can can buy a Judy Bloom book and get it autographed personally to you. Guaranteed.
2: And even if you order it online or on the phone, um, the bags, you know, curbside pickup, we pick up the bags and bring them home and we um, sign things. Oh yeah. And I, I, I do wanna have time to talk about the starter libraries that I put yes. together. I yes. love so I, my starter libraries.
1: So I wanna just say that um, your, the website of your bookstore is booksandbookskw.com. So people can go there and order any book that they want from your store, including a signed Judy Bloom book. So that's just something for people to keep in mind as we continue our conversation.
2: Yes, um, we are a full service bookstore and we have um, a lot. How many titles? Many titles.
3: 5,000.
2: 5,000. But anything that anyone wants, we can get for you. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, and we are affiliated with the Great Books and Books um, bookstore in Miami. We call that the Mothership and I call Mitchell Kaplan my guru. Okay, uh, so, so yeah. So one of the us, things that- Yes, tell yeah. us
1: about their starter library.
2: So one of the things that we've come up with is um, a starter library as, as a baby gift for the babies in your life, you know? And uh, it started because a very good customer came in one day and uh, wanted us to put together uh, a starter library for a baby who is about to be born and in her life and that's really where it all started mm. and she's a fabulous customer and her starter libraries are major <laughs> a starter library can be as small or as large as you like and you know if i know something about the family the parents um we may be able to get some books in that are just very special for you And I love to go down to the store. Right now, I can only go early in the morning before it opens, and that's sad. But, um, and I go through, you know, the picture books and the board books and even put in a wonderful little wooden vehicle and um, uh, little books that are wash and wear books, you can yeah. put them in the bathtub, you can we didn't have them when my kids were young. They just chewed on regular <laughs> books, it, yep. <laughs> it, it's just it's it's just great fun. And I write a personal note to the parents, um, you know, helping them to welcome their new baby, and we do love to do that. That's a and
1: wonderful we, gift yeah. for someone, and the Even fact
2: for one year old, we just did a happy happy first birthday. Okay, um, here's your starter library now that you're one.
1: Okay, so another reason for our viewers to go to booksandbookskw.com to check out the starter libraries.
2: Yeah, and the and is spelled out, books, A-N-D, books,
0: exactly.
1: So I'm curious what the past couple of months has, what you've learned about bookselling during this pandemic, what has been sort of Uh the surprise lesson from all of this?
2: Has there been anything good? (laughs) I mean... Yeah. The good along with the horrible. Um, well, Key West closed down. Um, George and I stopped going to the store, I think March 14th. We've been in isolation basically since March 14th when my son called and I knew that he was right when he said, you can't keep going to the store. You cannot do that. Look at the two of you. <laughs> You know, we think we're young and and, and active and vital and all of that, but we are um, of a certain age, 82. And he said, you can't, you just can't do that anymore. And so that's when we started to isolate the store. um, The store never closed, um, but it closed to browsing when all businesses in Key West were closed. I don't remember the date of that. Yeah. March 15th. Some somewhere in March. Um but we uh we came up with, you know, order order by noon and get you booked before 4. And oh, wow. I know we have we have the most amazing um tiny staff, but amazing people who just I think, love the store as much as we do and care that much about getting books out to people. So we were, they were, they were there for phone online orders and making deliveries, okay. you know, the mask deliverer, yep. <laughs> would hang it on your doorknob, And um, so we were doing that. And then we opened again, you um, I guess in June, yeah, June, June fifteenth, something like that. But what we're doing now is um, you can you can call and make an appointment for personal shopping. As my okay. sister-in-law, who loves books, said, "Oh, that is that would be such a thrill to you know have my personal time, alone time in a bookstore." So you can make an appointment for personal shopping from ten to twelve. And from 12 to five, we are open. Uh, you know, you can come in and browse and shop as you would have. We can't let more than a certain number of people in at a time, but I don't think that's a problem right now. And everyone must wear a mask and put on gloves when they come through the door. The gloves are waiting for you. And uh, that's that's what's happening. And yeah, the good is that is that people, you know, people need to read right yes, now. They do. They need to read. They need books for all the kids at home and the grandkids. And everyone needs books. I know I do. And
1: what have you been reading during the pandemic? Was there anything that you read that
2: offered you a lot of solace during this time? Oh, I've read so many books. I, I. I can't even, this is terrible. I can't even remember them all. I can tell you what I'm reading now.
1: Sure, what are you reading now?
2: So yesterday I got a copy of um, Mary Trump's book. Ooh. <laughs> I can't even remember what it's called. But it Not is enough.
1: Book. I don't actually know the title. Not enough, and,
2: I, not but we, not I think enough. we all know. Wherever it is, everybody knows yeah. it's Mary Trump's book. And um, I was very excited to get my copy of that. Okay. And uh, I was, I w- oh, yes, I read um, Brit ben, Bennett's ben. new book. Oh, The
1: Vanishing Half.
2: Yes, I like that very much. I like okay. that very much. And I'm reading now, but I just put it down because I have to read the Mary Trump book. Of I am reading um, Is it called uh, Fire? A Burning? A burning. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm reading. A burning. Yes, and I'm enjoying that very much. Excellent. Yes, and George is reading a book that he just absolutely won't put down. So I know he loves well, it. Well, this is oh, I read different.
3: I read different kinds of things. I just finished a book called Pharma, which is a, a very thick book about the, um, the pharmaceutical industry and, mm. and and what's wrong with it and why why it is the way it is. It's a book by Gerald Posner. It just came out uh, last fall and. I
2: recommend that highly. He's cool. our he's our great nonfiction reader, yeah. and you know we have staff Rex at the store, which is great. Fun. That's recommendations. Yeah, of course. <laughs>
1: is there um, is there a Key West author that you would like people to have more pay more attention to? Someone, if you have a, a tourist who comes in and says, "I want to read a book that takes place in Key West that's written by someone from Key West," do you have a go-to Every tourist?
2: Every tourist. who Every comes tourist assets? Dead, yeah, they, <laughs> they do. And you know, there's a wonderful, very tiny um, new book. Oh boy, I'm really bad at this. Lee Lee Smith. Lee Smith, okay. wonderful writer, um, has written a book called the something, my towel, what's the name of My Downtown? The blue working. No, blue, the blue, Marlin. The blue Marlin. The Blue Marlin. The blue. Okay, the Blue Marlin. It's good we have each other. The Blue Marlin, (laughs) and that actually, um, it's it's a it's a a a very small novel that is almost like a memoir. Okay. Um, And um, Lee wrote that about her time when she was a, a young girl, and her parents brought her to Key West, and it was at the time that Operation Petticoat was being shot as a movie. And so they went into this motel not knowing that um, Carrie Grant and, and Tony, um, Tony. Curtis? Tony, Tony, Tony. Tony married to Janet Lee. Curtis,
3: Tony. Tony Curtis. Tony Curtis, yes, yes. This girl is good.
2: <laughs> Tony, Curtis, Tony Curtis, they were all staying at the Blue Marlin Hotel oh. during their time there. And so it, it's a charming, charming book. Um, so that's the book when somebody comes in now and they will say to me, I wanna read something that's set in Key West um, and I'll be able to hand them this book. Um, George has made well, a list.
3: Well, we have a whole Key we West ho- whole whole section of books about Key West or by okay. Key West writers. And we've all also put together a, um, a guide to the literary pantheon. It's just a little thing that you okay. can get that, that has sketches of all the Key West writers.
2: Is and this coming out the right way or the wrong way? No,
1: it's, it's perfect. Yeah, oh, it's okay. Perfect. And, and where
2: can My be, screen, it's everything is George, way. where can people get that?
1: From That's the store? Bit,
3: from our store, right.
1: Great. So I think especially now with people being stuck at home, they're dreaming of a place like Key West. This is a great way to immerse themselves in the location by reading some terrific books. Turret?
2: Great. We love it.
1: Speaking of terrific books, Judy Bloom, I need to ask you,
2: are you oh, there, guys? You've got such old copies. of. This is perfect. my
1: original Tiger Eyes. I and know. I mean, they
2: don't, those, those covers don't exist anymore. I know. None but, of those covers.
1: But when it's good, you keep it.
2: You you keep it. I
1: kept it. So, um, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Turns fifty this year.
2: It she does. She does.
1: And my ten year old found um, found are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. And read it on her own. And I then I reread it because I thought I haven't read it since I was a kid, and it's incredibly relevant to kids today. Like all of your books. I've been rereading all of them or most of them. They are so relevant to kids today. I mean, maybe they don't text or they're not on social media, but the the sort of the way that kids feel about themselves and the changing world and puberty and like all those emotions are still so relevant today.
2: What- when- I guess, I guess it's, the, it's the human condition. It is. Uh, you know, when I wrote, when I wrote Margaret, I had no idea what I was doing. And um, I was, I, I didn't, I didn't know anybody who had ever written and I didn't know anything about writing, I didn't know anybody who was published. Um, but, you know, it was all there inside me. And I think that kind of spontaneous, um, you know, gut writing from, from deep inside. I think when you do that, I guess um, I never dreamed that I'd be sitting here talking about a book that I wrote 50 years ago. It seems crazy. But um, yeah, when.
3: It's
2: going to be a movie. It's going to be a movie. movie, George said, yes, sadly, it was going to shoot this summer. And, you know, the whole movie business is shut down right now. We can't (coughs) shoot anywhere. And. that's a disappointment because I love the idea of it being done in my lifetime. So now I have to hang around until we can do that.
1: Do you ever think about your characters? So Mar Margaret, if she were a real person, would be in her early 60s. So she'd be in menopause as opposed to puberty or past
2: menopause. No, 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 no. Margaret will always be 12. Always be 12. Never going to. I get so many letters from women who say, how about a book about Margaret in menopause? And it's like, no, 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 she's not going to go into menopause. She's going to stay 12 and Fudge is going to stay whatever he is, first grade or something at the end of, of the series. Um, no, that's.
1: They're going to stay. I love it. That makes sense. That's, that's why they're confident. so special. <laughs> I will say that one of the things that struck me when I read Margaret was how fascinating the grandmother was. So the grandmother had this like great life where she jaunted off to Florida. She had a boyfriend. And when I read it this time as an adult, I thought I want a story about the grandma.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, when I wrote it, I remembered this um, very clearly because I was, I don't know. I, I Maybe I was 30, maybe I was in my late twenties. Um, and here was the grandma. And it was like, Margaret is saying, Grand- my grandma is very old. She's 60, yeah. <laughs> which now strikes me as very, very funny that I would say that um, since my kids are in their fifties. Uh, but that, you know, that was what I was thinking then. And of course, grandma is very young. Mm-hmm. She's, she's 60. Uh, yeah. Um, the,
1: the other thing I observed when reading your books was how the pa- rereading them, I should say, was how the parents in these books are complex. So there's the mother in Blubber who's trying to quit smoking and who's working full time and balancing childcare. You know, the mother in Margaret who's estranged from her own parents because she married outside of her faith. I can go through all of them. There, there are these parents that have their own distinct issues from the children and their issues. Was that deliberate when you wrote the books to make the parents as interesting as the children? Nothing
2: was deliberate. <laughs> Nothing was deliberate. <laughs> Nothing was deliberate. I told you, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just t- telling a story as, you know, I'm thrilled that, you know, you can say that to me now, but truly I never knew in in any of the books. I think maybe by the time I got to, here's to you, Rachel Robinson, which is one of my favorite and I think most, most complex family situations, you know, where the mother's a lawyer and she's going to become a judge and the father is a high school teacher who swigs Pepto-Bismol before the start of school because he's very anxious every year about it. And the brother who's um, he, uh, just, um, I can't remember the word I wanna use. What do rebellious. I wanna use? He's rebellious, yeah, but that's not the word. He, anyway. I, I really feel that that's, that book has one of my best families. I really like that family. I, and I really like writing that way. And I think, you know, that's why writing some of the adult books was interesting for me. Summer Sisters, I mean, <laughs> where different voices come in. Um, yeah. And so you get to see everything, a little bit of everybody. I really, really like that. And that book didn't work at all. It went through 20 drafts. It didn't work at all until I let those voices come in, and particularly the men in the story yeah. have those voices. Yeah.
1: It's almost like <clears throat> that book, and, and also this one to an extent, like the shape of the novel is a prism, right? And so you sort of shift it around to see the picture, but in slightly different angles from who is talking.
2: I love that description, thank you. Well, you know, I, I say that the book I was born to write, and I don't know why it took me so long, 40 years, is um, in the unlikely event. Yeah. That book, here I am a writer, right? I'm a writer and I have this incredible story inside me that I remember from when I was growing up and I have a good memory and yet for 40 years it never occurred to me to use that story until i was sitting in an auditorium at a key west literary seminar um event and i was listening to a young writer then rachel kushner Mm -hmm. talk about her first book and how the ideas came from stories that her mother told her about growing up in the 50s that happened to be in cuba but but what went off in my head was in the 50s, in the 50s, oh my God, I've got this story and I have to write it. And before I ever left that auditorium that afternoon, it was like, I saw the whole thing. I saw the, the different characters, how I was gonna tell this story, everything. And I started that book the next day. Wow. And I do believe that's a great book for me to end on because, It's the book that I feel was there all the time. And I'm so glad I had the chance to tell it.
1: The sense of place in this book is incredible. I mean, you make Elizabeth in the 50s come alive. for readers. Yeah, it's really extraordinary. Um, We are getting audience questions, so I need to get a couple of of those. But I'd be remiss if I didn't say that when I told my friends I was talking with you today, everyone talked about Tiger Eyes as being their favorite Judy Blume book?
2: Well, open it up and see who it's dedicated to. George! George! <laughs> George! George and I, George and I had um, just met, and I was having trouble, of course, because I always have trouble when I write, And but I was trying to tell this story, and so that's the first book that I finished, um after we got together. We've been 40 years together. So um yeah. And you know, Larry, my son and I made a movie based yes. on Tiger. Yeah. yeah, I know. You can but... see it somewhere. I don't know. No, maybe you can't. No, not... Oh well. Imagine <laughs> that you can.
1: So our audience wants to know. Um, you mentioned earlier that there's something you wanted to do, but you haven't yet done.
2: Oh that. <laughs> oh. Um yes, I don't really talk about it. He, the okay. weird thing is this is I I've said for probably 4 years now if I ever got the chance if I had like let's say a month where I wasn't doing anything if I ever got the chance there's this little book I would love to write. So now I've been in isolation at home in QS for um, going on five months, going on five months. And why haven't I done it? Do I want to tell you what it is? I don't know. It's, it's, um, it's, it's a small book. I can see it, you know, I mean, okay. physically small. And it's, uh, it's kind of my life from one to 13. <laughs> oh, okay. And it's told through the family well the people in my family i tell okay. about all of them i have great stories about all of them okay and will i ever write it i don't know it don't it lives there Sarah, if if not for my audience i should at least put it down for my kids for my family yeah. because they don't know any of any of these people or any of these stories
1: we have another question did you keep a diary as a child?
2: Oh, yes. Okay. I kept a diary. I have none of them. Left. Oh, didn't what happened say. to them? I don't know. But the most, I, I mean, I guess the most important one was when I was a teenager, 16, 17. And I came up with, um, it, was, it was like a day book. You know, mm-hmm. my father was a dentist and he would get these day books from insurance companies. And he would bring it home to me. So I would always have this little day book. And uh, I had to come up with um, a secret language so that if my mother was spying, and I knew that she would be, she wouldn't know exactly what I was talking about. And this had to do with, you know, m- my life as a young woman. And meeting boys, so I was, I liked boys a lot when I was 16, 17. As Linda. (laughs) I had a lot of adventures, a lot of boy-girl adventures, and I wrote about them all, In that's basically what I wrote about. Um, So, and I had rubber bands that I put around the pages in a certain way so that I would know if my mother had been in there. Now, my mother was so shy and quiet she would never have said anything to me so in a way it wouldn't have mattered maybe she would have told my father something and he would have talked to me that he would not have scolded me but he would have wanted us to talk about it but by then you know i didn't want to talk to him about certain things you have to talk to your kids about sex and all of that way before they're involved i think so so that it's easy you know answer all their questions when they're young see what they might want to talk about then read the books that they book that they read
1: well i mean your books are i think an excellent way to talk about sex and puberty and relationships with kids you can if you don't know if you don't have the language you could Read a Judy Bloom book together and use it as a jumping-off point.
2: Use the characters. Yeah. I've always said that. Yeah. Use the characters. Yes.
1: That's what I do in my house with my kids. When they ask a tough question, we go to the library and get a book out.
2: They're very lucky.
1: Oh well. <laughs> <you>. <laughs> um, we have. Um, we're coming near the end of our time. We have, I, so I just want to ask a couple quick questions. Okay. Um, one of our audience members wants to know who are Judy Bloom's favorite authors growing up, or who were your favorite authors growing up?
2: So growing up, um, I was a reader, so I would read anything, but my very favorite wa- was um, Maud Hart Lovelace and her wonderful Betsy Tacey books. Okay. And they are still wonderful and they're still available. And I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know why I never gave them to my own daughter to read, but I didn't. Um, and they're wonderful books. And I, there are a lot of women authors today who grew up with those books and if you ask them they will tell you also Maud hart lovelace she wrote wonderful books excellent
1: and what else do you want to leave our audience with about the bookstore is there a big event coming up online you want them to check out
2: oh we just had a big event a few days ago um for jim carrey's new book and yes. we were the only uh bookstore doing this we and our and the mothership in Miami did this event together and I got to introduce Jim Carrey oh and I like Jim Carrey so that's very exciting Uh, and um you can see it it's on YouTube if you if you google YouTube Jim Carrey Judy Bloom, I'm sure you can see it and he he was deep he went deep in his conversation with Mitchell Kaplan and it was it was quite an event yeah yeah
1: anything else about the store that you want people to know about
2: (sighs) go to your independent bookstore wherever wherever you live and whichever indie bookstore is your favorite and if you can't go right now you don't feel okay going to a store call them up or visit them online and get your books There, you know, you want to read. You wouldn't be here today if you weren't readers. So um, do that, and of course, we welcome you at our bookstore anytime.
1: Great. Anyway, thank you. I am I am breaking my heart into pieces by ending this conversation. (laughs) This is such an honor. Um, Thank you so much, Judy and George, for being with us today.
3: Come Thank
1: back. You. I'm, I'm. What an honor it was to spend a little bit of time with the two of you. Um, we wish you continued success with the bookstore. I look forward to the day that I can come to Key West and see it for myself.
2: Oh, we um, look forward to that day too. Please, okay. we do.
1: On my list. <laughs> Hopefully okay. soon it'll be safe. Um, okay. So to our audience, please be sure to check out Books and Books at the studios online at booksandbookskw.com. That's books, A N D Books, KW.com. And to learn more about Judy Bloom and her wonderful career, you can visit her on judybloom.com. She's also very active on social media, so you can follow her on Twitter or other platforms to see what's going on in her life. Um, thank you so much for supporting Indie Bookstores, for supporting us here at a Mighty Blaze. Please join us back here next time for another edition of A Mighty Blaze's Authors Love Bookstores. Until then, be well and keep reading. Thank you.
0: Thank you for joining us. I'm Tricia Blanchett for A Mighty Blaze Podcast. My debut novel, Herrick's End, is due out in May 2022, and pre-orders are available now if you want to check it out. I hope you've enjoyed the amazing ride of Season 3. There is much more to come in Season 4, which will begin in just a few weeks. Until then, keep your blaze burning and your pages turning.